Pod, a Youth Cymru podcast. everybody and welcome back to Youth Pod, a Youth Cymru podcast. I'm your host Anna Arietta, and today we are carrying on our conversation with our Clyde Bank members. We do have a very special guest here today with us and we're going to be talking about social justice. In this episode we speak to our special guest Adnan, the creator and producer of the Pariah Nation podcast. We look at examples of young people who have influenced us to fight for social justice how we can use social media to elevate our voices and the barriers we have to overcome to do so. So we're joined here today again with some familiar faces and voices. We've got Yayan with us. Hi, Yayan. Hi, Anna. We've got Nirishan with us as well. Hi, Nirishan. Hi, Anna. Um, and we have a special guest with us today, Adnan. Welcome to the podcast, Adnan. Thank you very much for having me. No, you're welcome. Uh, thank you for coming on. So um, Adnan is a Cardiff Uni second year law student, um, a leader with Citizens Wales, and you are the creator and the producer of Pariah Nation podcast. So um, thank you for coming on. I think this will be a great way for us to kind of share um, some podcast links and, and, you know, get people listening to your podcast as well. I think that would be great. So tell us a bit about your podcast um, and how you started and, you know, why you're here today. Sure. So I've been doing podcasting for what will come up to three years and around April. Um, my first podcast was a local school podcast um, for my old school back in South Africa. And we were just talking about main things that were happening in school and certain political topics. But once I came to Cardiff, I obviously I fell in love with podcasting and I said, I have to do this again. So obviously me being an African, I feel like the African story has not been told um, too often by Africans themselves. And oftentimes our stories are undercut, our history is not told properly. It's always told from a Eurocentric perspective. So as Pariah Nation, we're trying to reverse that. And we're talking about issues that are affecting the African youth today. And we also have a special series called Timber Tuesday, which is every fortnight on a Tuesday, where we talk about African history or African politics. And that's basically the main sort of thesis of the podcast itself. Yeah, I think that links in really well with all of our kind of what we're talking about. So today we're gonna to be talking about social justice. Um, and how young people can make a change. That's kind of linking in with the topic of the power of your vote campaign, um, which we're doing at Clyce Evank. Um, so how long have you guys known each other? Because this is my first time meeting Adnan. Um, but what is your link, you three? Well, uh, I know Adnan because we are in the same year and go to the same class last year. Um, unfortunately, we didn't pick the same class as this year, so I'm not with him, with him that much. But we met through then, um, and he featured me on one of his podcasts, um, uh, then I think I remember saying to him, I will repay the favor one day. Um, and, you know, I, we stayed in touch and, you know, Adnan's great and got involved in so much other uh, work around social justice, equality, and, you know, really passionate about um, making change. And, you know, I thought what a perfect way to feature youth, youth pod and talk about his journey and what, what he did. And that's how we met. That's fantastic. So you're not in the same classes this year, but you've managed to make that link and, you know, build that bond which I think is absolutely great um so today we're talking about social justice we're talking about the importance of young people you know emerging um making a stand trying to make change and how important that is so as I said that links in perfectly with what we've been kind of talking about and what we're going to continue to talk about um with the Clyde Bank power of your vote campaign um so 
Yayan, I want to talk to you a bit about your manifesto. Have you got anything to say about that? I think it's a big part of the manifesto, isn't it? What we're talking about today. Yes, um, thank you, Anna. Um, so we've recently released our crisis on our future manifesto um, for the upcoming Senate elections. And that is asked in six key areas, um, including art and culture, employment, mental health, um, for example. But one of the key ones is equality. Um, and making sure that um, there's making sure that we build on um, fairness and equality in Wales, trying to um, take proactive steps to um, deal with any um, inequalities and look to see what the government can do um, in terms of what actions they can put in place and what policies they can put in place to um, deal with inequality um, and the kind of unfairness and the unjustness in society um, and the fact that um, some groups have um, privilege and they have like advantages um, that other groups don't have. Um, so there's very different ways of life that um, people are um, living in Wales, especially young people. Um, and I think the aim of um, having equality in there is to make sure everyone has a fair foot in, um, in life and they're treated um, fairly, whether it comes to um, being in work or um, education opportunities to go to university or to um, progress that way, or whether it's just in day-to-day um, -day life when they're going about um, doing different things. So where can people actually access that manifesto now? Because I know it's out already. Where can they access it? So the Kleisi Bank um, Our Future Manifesto is available on our website, on the Youth Academy website. Um, and we've also got links to it from our socials as well. So it's quite easy to um, quite easy to find. Fantastic. So that's at Kleis Evank for anybody who is listening, double L-A-I-S-I-F-A-N-C. Um, and that actually translates to youth voice, doesn't it, in Welsh. Um, so we're keeping a bit of our Welsh culture in there. Um, yeah, so that's really good. Amazing. So that's part of your manifesto. It's really important. Um, and Adnan, I feel that you are doing this already. You know, you are making social change. You're bringing stories um, and you're, you know, widening culture in a way sharing information about your culture how have you found the feedback and response from that has been have you reached out to young people um you know have you seen change come from your podcast and what you're doing at the moment um i'll definitely say yes uh because over time i'm not just doing a podcast i also have a tiktok channel and we've been able to build up to i think it's 30,000 followers now wow and we have a solid follower base of i mean people are just coming and telling me the same thing it's mainly um, I think most of my followers are from the US and the UK, but a lot of people are telling me, uh, especially as black Africans that are living outside the continents, like I, I went to school and I never learned this. And people will just tell me, you know, I've been in school for, you know, 15 years of my life and I'm learning more about African history on an app that they tell us not to go on <laughs> in school or class because it's a distraction, but I'm learning more from this app than my school. So I'm just sort of trying to change the narrative about education. And I think slowly by slowly you just start to see that some people are sort of like learning I've directed people to sources there's a link in my bio called the black history gold mine and it was uh uploaded by a professor i believe from one of the universities historically black colleges in the u.s and it has a whole load of you know literature from people like Franz Fanon 
and from other black writers. And they're essentially talking about African history, African politics, and they also talk a lot about social justice. So I think even that resource in and of itself must have changed people's lives in some way, shape or form. And maybe in the future, if we decide to maybe expand a bit, we could end up doing events and we can see how we can be able to widen our reach with the podcast and the information that we're trying to spread. That is amazing. Yeah, um, really inspiring. And also, I think that is just going to grow and grow and grow. Um, so that's a perfect example of kind of social change that's happening right now, sharing those resources, sharing that information um, and giving people that knowledge, I guess, when they didn't know it before. I um, think that's so important to learn about, you know, different cultures um, and things that, you know, often we try and give people things that are not they're not taught in school. You know, I do a lot of work like that um, about around financial capability and different things um, that you're not learning, learn, you know, you're not taught in school. Um, and that's really important for young people. Um, you know, similarly, I mean, I wasn't taught about my culture in school. I'm half Latin American and I wasn't um, taught any of that part of my culture. Um, and it's down to, you know, our family and friends to be able to teach us about that culture. And if we don't have that around us, then, you know, how are we going to know about it? So I think that is really amazing, um, especially coming from a young person, you know, um, and from your experiences. Um, I think that's fantastic. Um, we really have seen, you know, young people emerge, haven't we, um, over the past year, a couple of years, um, and start to make social change like you're doing really um and i think that's really important to be able to see young people doing things like this because you know you can relate to them and you can feel like you're able to make change as well so what kind of examples have you seen you know over the past couple of years that may have you know inspired you or um you know influenced you to want to do some social action or what do you think is inspiring for young people i'll go i think you know um in, in past, in recent years, I mean, you know what Adnan's talking about in terms of educating, talking about black history and talking about um, learning about different people's heritage. You know, sometimes we stop and think where that should be normal, that should be just happening as a result, but it's not. I think we've seen in the past year, I think especially when, um, with the death and with the murder of George Floyd, um, youth, youth, the youth, young people led on that justice globally, though Black Lives Matter globally. They organized and they got the people uh, to do that. And, you know, as a result in Wales, now we have a review into the curriculum to think about resources and education into Black history. That would not have happened without the young people protesting out in the streets. I think you've got to realize sometimes you do these things and these things need to happen for actual change to come. And, you know, this is all practical. N never think of it as, you know, you turn up to something and it doesn't mean anything. In reality, it means everything. It shows that you're there with others and the others like you should matter, no matter their color, no matter their heritage, and no matter their culture. I think that's what's really inspired me in terms of the BLM movement where no matter who you were, you are you are welcome. You have to understand the deep inequalities in our society and for us to move forward. It's the same with climate uh, uh, strikes. We're angry and frustrated. Are people empowered to do anything? And the people who are bringing this issue globally are young people. Um, we see activists like Greta Thunberg and other people in Latin America and in Africa bringing issues on climate. Um, people are not taken it seriously and it's up to young people to say look what are you doing about this now and you know it gives us hope for other young people in Wales and Europe and the globe to think about what we can do whether that's volunteering campaigning or fundraising what we can do to make that little change or big change in our community country 
and in the world. Yeah, I definitely found as well, um, when everything was happening, I really found that loads of opinions were coming out and you really got to see the people around you. Um, and it could be horrifying at times, really horrifying. And what I found the most kind of uplifting about it all was that the people who were online, the people who were talking about it, sharing resources, um, making things happen, were the young people. Yeah, I just wanted to add on to that. Um, to any young people who are listening, it's like the power is in your pocket. Literally, your phone is everything nowadays. And I was there from beginning to end and I saw people organizing protests through TikTok. And I don't know, the kind of solidarity that I saw within those few months is, is unheard of. And it was just amplification over amplification. People's voices were being amplified. That's exactly what we were asking for. And the thing is, when you've been protesting for hundreds of years at this rate, protesting and telling people that this exists, this exists, this exists, there comes a point in time where if you remain silent on an issue, you're actually committing an act of violence. And that's what I'll put it as, because for too long we've decided that, you know, going to erase these narratives from the history books, we're going to dilute them. But if you remain silent now, you're just sort of perpetuating that, you're allowing that to sort of fester and grow. And I think that by people sort of picking up their phones and, you know, even on Twitter, for example, you know, just sharing all of this information, it was something that was very useful. And even for example, um, you can just look at the power of social media uh, because I believe uh, there was, there's a group of people online called K-pop stands and, <laughs> Yeah, they're known for different things. But one thing that I definitely will remember K-pop stands for is the fact that they took, they built this whole community around K-pop, which is a, like a genre of music, but they use that to raise $10 million for Black Lives Matter. Wow. That is, that is results that you're seeing right there. Another one is obviously the, the Tulsa um, rally that Trump had. Um, whatever your political affiliation, you have to admit that this is, this just shows that, the, uh, that social media is powerful. Kids came on TikTok and they went on and they signed on for, you know, the rally tickets and people didn't show up. And it was something that was definitely surprising, but it shows you that literally you think that you're insignificant, but all together when you're united, you can be able to achieve so, so much. Definitely. Oh yeah, completely. Um, people using their platforms to, like you said, do such good um, and, you, and it's possible. And I think a lot of people don't think it's possible, but it so is. I, I just like agree with everything that's been um said really it's it's quite incredible to see um the impact that um young people have um and young people taking the lead in um in these um campaigns in like black lives matter and um really and like the power of social media just to kind of bring that to the mainstream because if it wasn't for um social media if it wasn't for like Instagram and different platforms um, where people are like sharing knowledge um, sharing what's going on on the ground and the issues um, and movements happening that way I think it's kind of opened um, the door to a lot more um, opportunity to um, to like have social action campaigns and really like make a difference and get your voice heard and kind of um, educate yourself or educate others I also think it's it's a great way to use social media isn't it like we're saying but you know social media can be toxic it can be very harmful um, and I think this is just one of the amazing ways that we do utilize it and what is there for really um, and also networking so being able to meet people that are like-minded to you and be, being able to meet people and have those conversations and discussions and learn things from each other and learn new perspectives. That's something that social media can bring to us. And that's something that we really need to utilize.
following on from your point then, Adnan, um, when you were saying about, you know, the power is in your pocket, um, you know, on our phones. I think that's a really good phrase. I'm going to be using that from now on. Um, but I think that that's something that is so important. Um, and I just wanted to kind of continue that conversation. You know, how can we make change, um, you know, and, and why should we, I guess? Yeah, I think um, the, okay, the, the, the best thing about social media at the moment is that we're in an unprecedented time where someone with zero followers can hop onto any app and they can become an authority on a certain topic within a day. And this is why I tell everyone that whether you like it or not, you're going to be a leader as a young person because you have your own opinions and you now have a space where you can be able to share that. And when you command a platform, people are willing to go to extreme lengths, for example, to show how much um, they're loyal to a certain, like, you know, a group or a YouTube channel, you know, people have built entire, in quotes, clans or, you know, TikTok cards, et cetera. But that just shows how powerful you can be able to be. And I think a lot of people view power as a bad thing, but I think of power as a means to an end. It's like, if your end is a good end, then obviously the power can be used in a good way. And that's what I tell people. It's like, if you're really passionate about something, it maybe maybe it's not even social media, but although social media is becoming something that's very much you know, used in our day-to-day lives, right? You just need to sort of get up in the morning and ask yourself, how, how are you going to change things? And that's what I tell people is that when you're walking into the world, you need to really reflect on you know, the world around you. You need to obviously know the people around you, know your community. And I'd say that you're indebted in some way, shape or form to your community because they have in some way impacted your life, whether it was that bus driver who used to drive you from your home to school, that's a way that's impacted your life in a way that you'll never know. And um, there's so much to, uh, to society and communities that we don't know how much people have helped us without even, for example, knowing their names. I would say that you, you're in some way indebted to be able to, to help those people and to use knowledge that you have that someone possibly doesn't or to use a skill that you have that someone doesn't to help other people in your community. That's the best way that communities can be able to support themselves and eventually become self-sustaining. And I think, you know, what Anand mentioned, around power is, is so important. I think we must realize um, there is nothing without power. And until you grasp that concept, um, you won't really start to make any change. I think, you know, social media is great. I think it is a place where you can raise awareness and mobilize lots of people, but it's where those decisions are made and that's where you need to be. And I think if you're, if you're thinking about something you wanna change, you gotta think about how you get to those tables, how you get to those, decisions where they're, where they're made, whether that's party leaders, whether that's politicians, whether that's, you know, your local council, whoever it is, I think if you're not there, I think you're being left out. I think that's the mentality you have to be in. You're, if, as long as you keep um, pressing on this issue, you got to think of ways of making sure you create a strategy. I think, you know, when, when the protests were happening in America, Barack Obama came out and said, listen, I'm with you on this, but we got to think about a longer term goal. I think, you know, lots of people were really angry and rightly so, but it was about thinking of how do you achieve that longer term goal that we want to see? How do we get to a world that's better than today? And that's better for all of our kids, all our, all our generation. I think that's the only way that happens is if we are slow. Adnan, Yayan, Anna are at the table where these decisions are being made. If our voice isn't heard there, it's not being heard in where the places matter most. And I think, you know, young people, if everyone wants to go um, on a journey where they want to succeed in everything, 
you have to think about who you're bringing and what kind of journey you want to go with. I think it's about bringing everyone along or no one at all. I think that's the way we have to think. And that's how the way our generation has thought. And that's partly down to social media. So we mustn't forget the power of that, but never forget that you have to be at those decision tables. Otherwise, this is going to keep happening. But it can be a very daunting world, can't it, online? Um, and it can be something that, you know, you may not want to share your opinion, your opinion without being deemed aggressive, for example. I know I've been in that situation before where I've thought, you know, I feel really strongly about this. You know, I know that it, it can just be daunting, you know, to go to go out there and be able to kind of just share what you think um, with without having the fear of, you know, getting into conflict with people and debate, something that you may not be comfortable with. Um so yeah, I think that is really important, be it having a seat at the table. Um, and in a way, you know, as much as we work online as well, it's important to actually, you know, push for our rights to be able to have that voice um, on a strategic level as well, because that's essentially what we're aiming for, right? Is um, to be able to have those underrepresented voices heard um, at that level. I agree. And I think it all kind of um, works together so that if we're building movements on social media um, and we're using our power that way it's also about using that power to start conversations with decision makers with councillors and MPs and um, with people in power um, to make sure um, our voices are being cheered that way and um, with it being a movement the more that we do to um, represent um, young people and represent um, injustice and represent um, different issues, the more um, attention that will be drawn to that issue, the more focus that will be drawn to that issue in terms of sharing content on social media. Sometimes I'm maybe not the best person to speak on an issue, so I, I want to be like um, an ally um, to certain issues, but then I don't want to draw attention away from people who are in the movement so that are suffering from the injustice I think a lot of people get caught up in that trap of you know sharing to look good or to look like they are doing something and really are we doing things behind the scenes I think that's what we've really got to um start thinking about isn't it really um and you know any young person who is kind of on social media and using it like that um if it's just going up there to kind of look good in front of your followers or make you look like you're doing something really what are we doing you know, um, behind the scenes, I think that's really important as well. So yeah, thank you, Ian. Yeah, no, I th that's a really interesting point. And I think lots of young people would feel like that in a situation, certainly lots of people I've spoken to. It's a balancing act in a way, but I guess there is no, there is no um, compromise here. I think you have to think, well, look, um, as long as you you understand the issues and you had these conversations with people, you can post as much as you want because you understand the issues. I think when people feel uncomfortable, it's because they don't understand the idea, the inequalities that existed behind it. I think systemic racism for some people is so difficult to comprehend that they don't want to say anything about it. But I think that's that's uh, counterproductive. I think that doesn't help at all. I think you know that's a way of avoiding the issue. And that's not saying that um, being avoided and not saying anything is a bad thing. That's about, I, I've had this phrase used on me, is stepping up when you need to and stepping down when you need to. I think it's looking at where you do each one, but never compromise on anything that you feel uncomfortable about what you stand up for. If it wasn't for allies, it would never have got as far as it did last year and, and coming onto this year. I think when people start to compromise is when we become counterproductive and we start to become a, 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 a society where we're really 
scared to share, uh, express our values and express our rights. But you, you gotta be real. You gotta be real with stepping up when you need to and stepping down when you need to. And make sure you don't harm others in your way. And your heart comes from a good place. Is what I would say to any young person. We've actually recorded a podcast on this as well with uh, someone who's also part of Citizens and I believe it's London. Her name is Hadil Speaks. And uh, we talked a bit about obviously, you know, sharing your voice. Um, what are the the sort of the traps of, you know, internet activism, et cetera. Um, and I'll cover a, a few sort of points here. Uh, but I remember you talked about, for example, getting judged and um, maybe it's, that's by friends or maybe that's something, for example, in relation to the people who are commenting on their videos. So I've definitely received both. Um, and <clears throat> I'll just say that the first thing you need to do is obtain knowledge. So you need to research. You cannot be speaking about a topic if you don't know about it. Otherwise, you could possibly be doing more harm than good. And I recently made a video about how as an internet activist or as someone who is online and speaking about a certain thing, you're acting as if you're an authority on a certain topic. So the aim is to secure as much knowledge as possible and from as many sources as possible and being critical of that knowledge all the time and always sort of finding more nuance. But the moment that you have more or less like an answer, for example, does systemic racism exist? That's something you shouldn't compromise on, as, as, as Nirashan said, because I mean, I've had to deal with conversations where, you know, people are like, you know, arguing, oh, you know, why does everything have to be about race? Why does everything have to be about systemic racism? Why do black people always play the victim? And I mean, for me, I just find it as a way of, I'll just call it white fragility at times, which is one thing that I do face online, is that people feel uncomfortable by the prospect that, oh, I could actually be racist because I'm dealing subconsciously with uh, something that I did a few years ago and me commenting or making a video about it has triggered them. And um, I just ask the, those people, you know, why should I have to wait as a black person or why should I have to tone down my voice and essentially stop lobbying for my justice at the cost of your comfort, just, just for you to be comfortable? I mean, that's not a fair trade-off. And if anything, it's a form of gaslighting. And that's what I tell people. It's like, you have, to, you have to be very straightforward and obviously use different tones for different people. You don't want to be, for example, um, too militant to the point whereby you're criminalizing everyone because not everyone is a criminal or not everyone is like, you know, someone that's a perpetrator of systemic racism. Sometimes people do make mistakes. This is something called subconscious bias. Each of us has our own form of subconscious bias and you have to really phrase it in a certain way. But when it comes to friends, for example, right? Um, I think it's less likely that I'm going to be friends with you <laughs> if you don't believe that systemic racism exists because you not believing in systemic racism, first of all, you claiming that it doesn't exist for me allows that system to perpetuate itself. And as I said, your silence at this point has now become violence. And I don't think that that's a healthy basis upon which to build a friendship. And like one, la one last thing I will say is that you, I mean, sometimes the internet is a, is a tough place and people will comment things. I've had like this probably three accounts that till today for months on end, months on end, you know, keep commenting, you know, all kinds of nasty things. I've been called the N-word. Opened up my phone today. This was a really interesting one. I received a death threat today. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's shocking to see th something like that come out of social media, but you'll probably find it from a troll or something like that. My advice is that, yes, this is the cost of you sharing your, your opinion, but you should always ignore those haters. So long as you trust in your knowledge, so long as you get people around you that are willing to check you, then you are on the right track and you should not compromise if you believe that that is the right thing because time and time we've been shown in history 
that those who stand up for what they believe in, even if it costs them, for example, you know, their image or it causes people to hate them. At the end of the day, we look into the history books and we thank these people like Malcolm X, James Baldwin, Fred Hampton, all these people, Thomas Sankara, we look at them and we thank them because they were able to put in effort for an idea. And today we're able to reap the fruits of what the, the seeds of the essentially they sowed for us. So don't ever give up on that. Ignore the hate and keep powering on if you believe it's the truth. Thank you for sharing that. That was like really um, getting really useful information there. And I'm sure other people will take a lot from as well. So yeah, thank you for what you've shared. Yeah, it can be totally scary doing it online, can't it? Definitely. But it's something that will pay off, definitely. Um, and yeah, you just, you know, I have nothing more to add to that really. You put it perfectly. Okay, so, um, I mean, we've had some amazing discussions. Um, it's literally been a pleasure to have the three of you here together and hearing all of your different perspectives. Um, well, similar perspectives, actually. Um, and, you know, sharing some information with us. And yeah, it's, it's just been such a good discussion, I think, and a really important one. Um, so Adnan, please share the information of your podcast, you know, the links and how we can go and listen to that and see your resources, etc. Sure. So if you go to my Instagram, it's at Pariah Nation. So it's P-A-R-I-A-H-N-A-T-I-O-N. That's all for my Instagram and my TikTok. And you should find a link tree. And under that link tree, you can find a link to my podcast. And you can also find several different links to uh, certain petitions or certain sources that you might find interesting and then also underneath you'll find the black history gold mine and that's the one that has all the documents um and hopefully we should be uh, launching a youtube channel as well soon so just keep uh keep an eye out for that you can follow me on tiktok or instagram to be able to get that but also if you go into apple podcast or spotify google podcast and you search pariah nation you should be able to find me and access all of my episodes Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, that is literally what I'm going to do after this episode is go and listen to um, some of your podcasts and check out your page and everything. Um, and I would encourage all the listeners to do the same. I mean, amazing work you're doing, Adnan. Thank you so, so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to meet you. Um, I'm so glad we've met today. Um, thank you again, Yayan and Nirishan, um, for coming on and um, having this discussion with us today, sharing your ideas and perspectives. Um, and yeah, I guess I will see you guys next time. Um, when we're going to be continuing this conversation around power of your vote. Um, remember the link uh, to follow Clicey Bank is at Clicey Bank on Twitter, on Instagram. You can see what we're getting up to and also go on the Youth Cymru page. Um, but we will see you next time. And um, thank you so much for listening. Bye. <laughs>